Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Voices of the Temple. This is the second installment of my interview with Chris Giroux. It went a little long last time, and I wanted you to be able to enjoy it in pieces so that uh, you could take it in bite-sized bits. So let's take a deep breath together. (sighs) Bringing yourself into this present moment as we call to the Great Spirit. We call to the two who move as one. Through the three rays of love, will, and wisdom, we call upon the goddess, maiden, mother, and crone, past, present, and future, creator, sustainer, and destroyer, weaver of the web. We call to the God, Lord of light and Lord of darkness, God of the green and the gold, God of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever, so mote it be. Enjoy the second installment of our interview with Chris Jarrell. <laughs> I, I, I know how that is. Um, so uh, her next question is, uh, what, if any, is your biggest pet peeve about witchcraft in the media today? Is witchcraft really in the media? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that my, my greatest... I guess my greatest pet peeve is um, is CGI <laughs> because because you know I can't even tell you how many people I've mentored where they're like you know when I summoned a demon but there wasn't this puff of purple smoke and this little green imp didn't show up and I'm like you've been watching too much Charmed bitch like you know that's, <laughs> like that that's not how it's going to happen you know and and it almost creates this unrealistic well it completely unreal expectation of what it is that's going to happen like you know what i mean if i was summoning a demon and a little puff of pink smoke happened and a little green demon showed up i'd be slapping that shit down with the biggest book i could get my hands on you know what the hell you know what i mean um so there's i think that that's the biggest disservice that sort of mainstream i don't want to call it media but mainstream television and and movies have sort of done they've created this this sort of um, this fantasy world about what is in fact going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, people think that they're failures or that they haven't done it or that it didn't work. Um, And so much of what we do is empowered by your intention and your um, will, your own personal will to bring something about. So getting caught up in that, getting caught up in the delusion of the little green monster showing up or, I mean, it it could show up. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's highly unlikely. And, you know, and, and to consider yourself a failure because that didn't happen is, is it's, it's not helpful and it's not healthy for us. So I think that that's my biggest, my greatest pet peeve with like, you know, modern media is that it creates this illusion of that. Um, And, and it's that's not you know I mean there's there's political stuff but I don't really need to get into that so <laughs> yeah yeah no I I can agree with that thinking uh, while you were telling your story I was thinking about how uh, my nephew uh, handed me a jar 
and was like, I can't get this open. It's impossible, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I just imagined the pop when it opened. Yeah. And I twisted just a little bit and it goes pop and open. And I give it back to him and he's like, how did you do that? How? And I'm like, magic. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, magic's not real. That's not how you opened it. I'm like, oh, I'm very sad for you because that <laughs> is magic. That's you know? magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's imagining what you want and making it happen. Absolutely. You know? Yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I guess he was expecting the green sparkles or. Right. Right. I exactly. don't know. Yep. And maybe on some level that does happen, but not in our visual site, like in our physical yeah. site. So I don't know. Um, all right. So that was your biggest pet peeve. And okay. So this one, I'm okay. As an expert in the tarot, do you use it for archetypal work for shadow integration? And if so, do you have any tips on how to approach that? So my first tip is, sign up for my class because Mm, shadow is a huge part of, of the tarot, in my opinion. Um, In particular, the wands and the swords are all about um, embracing and integrating the shadow and integrating or um, removing the masks that we have become comfortable with and being willing to be who we are and not who other people want us to be. Um, As far as archetypal work, I don't think of it, not in in traditional Jungian archetypal um, concepts, but I do see the tarot, in particular the major arcana, um, as archetypal imagery. Uh, and But I also see them as equal and opposites of each other. So when I look at the tarot, I um, there's a great book by Barbara Walker, um, um, Tarot, Myths and History, I think it's called. And I rec- I tell people, if you can get a hold of a copy of this, get a hold of a copy of it. But there's a, there's the, the, the interpretations of the cards are a little, are a little um, off in my opinion, or like, you know, to just so left of center, they might be right. Um, <laughs> but, um, but there's an entire section in her book where she talks about how each of the first cards so zero through ten if you reverse them you find the equal and opposite so the high priestess you in the high priestess you see this um for me the high priestess is this this process of of um of initiation but in the process of initiation we often have this belief that we have to sacrifice that we have to leave that we we have to sacrifice and leave something behind and i think that sacrifice is an important part of initiation but the idea that you're leaving it behind is an illusion and so the 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 high priestess is but then when you get to the moon card which is the equal and opposite of the high priestess the the moon card is where you reclaim it right i mean the the moon card is where you and in, in the process of reclaiming it, you become dangerous because you're no longer willing to be what other people are expecting you to be. You're you're saying, I'm a whole integrate, I'm, I'm moving towards this level of integrity, this level of wholeness. And because of that wholeness, I'm unwilling to hide who I am or to be something that you need me to be. And I'm going to invite you to be who I be in relationship with me for who I am, not for what you want me to be. Um, and that's dangerous, you know, I mean, especially if you've been in 
you know, long-term relationships, relationships to family, relationships to partners, relationship to friends. When you get to a point in your life where you are willing to take back something that you sacrificed in order to get to where you are, and you're willing to take back that, the power or the authority or the energy that you left behind, you become a different person. And the, the greatest misjustice we do to each other as human beings is we change and we neglect to mention it to each other, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that level of communication and maintaining that level of communication is really crucial in that process. So archetypally, I look at them archetypally, but I, I look at them, I don't look at like, you know, so, you know, the empress is the archetypal mother and the emperor is the archetypal father and the emperor is the emperor or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I look at them uh, um, as as halves of a whole, um, and and look to um, look to to integrating those things. And when I do a reading for somebody, when I'm my reading style is you can't just put down one card. No card stands on its own. You know, if if you put down the five of cups, a four of cups happened before it and a six of cups is going to happen after it. So how is that going to manifest, you know? And that's why you put down two more cards around that five of cups to find out how did it come to be and where the hell is it going, you know? Um, so when I put, when I see major arcana cards come down, um, especially when they're in the second half of the major arcana, I always refer to its counterpart in the, in the beginning of the card. So if the sun card goes down, I go, you know, we also have to look at the magician. Like, you know I mean? This is a really important, like, you know, you have to look at the, the, the authority that these two cards, because the, the sun card is that liberation and attainment of your heart's desire. Sure. But, you know, attaining your liberation was the easy part. What you do with your freedom, there's the difficulty. And the magician helps you identify how you're going to use that freedom. You know, what tools are you going to use? What tools are you, have you learned to manipulate in order to use your freedom to your best ability? So uh, so I, I hope that answers it. But also the whole issue around the shadow is tarot for me is, is all about like, you know, everything in my life. I have a Libra rising and which brings about this like, you know, intense sense of of justice for me, but it also brings about this intense sense or need for balance. And I think that that balance is what, as a Leo, leads to that need for integrity, you know, that level of wholeness, because wholeness is not, wholeness is not all good or all bad. It's, it is, it's finding where you're balanced in that. When I teach, I teach a class on the dark goddess and I say, you know, if you light a candle in the middle of a room, and you move towards the candle, as you move towards the light, your shadow gets bigger. And if you move away from the candle, your shadow gets smaller, but eventually you bump into the wall. Your goal is to be somewhere between the light and that shadow. And you're the person who is designed, you're here to integrate that energy. And and it's not about, you know, people like, oh, you know, move towards the light, go towards the light. And I'm just like, you know, get it away from the light. <laughs> um, it, I, I'm not a white light fluffy bunny person, so I have a hard time with, you know, the 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 all light workers kind of thing. I think that we're here to find a balance for ourselves and to and to 
um, acknowledge that balance and the recognition that that balance is important. You know, life requires death and death requires life. These things are, these things happen. The, the big enemy in our culture has been death for a really long time, you know, and death isn't the enemy. How you go, there's the challenge, but we're all going to go. So what's the point, in, you know, being afraid of it? It's going, it's going to happen. So like my grandmother said, you know, accept it and become dangerous. Voices of the Temple is brought to you by our many wonderful sponsors for the Temple of Witchcraft Community Center Fund, including our anonymous and monthly contributors. Special thanks to the Robin's Nest, a metaphysical community in all ways for always. Located in Bellingham, Massachusetts, the Robin's Nest offers a wide selection of magical tools, divination decks, books, crystals, incense, herbs, oils, teas, and candles for all of your spiritual and magical needs. The Nest also offers up a wide range of services, including psychic readings, rituals, and classes. Shop online at therobinsnestma.com or come to visit in person and be greeted by the sounds of running water, tinkling chimes, and laughing voices as you step into the magical realm. If you would like to become a sponsor for Voices of the Temple and contribute to the Temple of Witchcraft Community Center Fund, please contact Debbie Stellhorn at Debbie, and that's an I-E, Stellhorn at templeofwitchcraft.org. Or look for more information at our website at templeofwitchcraft.org. Yeah. Yeah. I like your imagery of the the candle in the room and, you know, going closer to the light. Sometimes there's more in the shadow uh, because you are closer to the light. So especially if you're focusing on that light, you know, and not, not paying attention to how big your shadow is getting. Um, I've, I've met some very light, worky, fluffy bunnies that have the, um, the toxic positivity, uh, you should be able to get over that. You know, you shouldn't have grief. They've gone on to a better place, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, your shadow is deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but then I also, uh, I have seen the, the people who, um, uh, perseverate on the, the, the dark as well. Oh and, yeah. 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 So, and I call them, um, dark fluff. You know, <laughs> where they're like, oh, I'm doing all the like dark and wah. But then, you know, they're, they cry and complain when their life turns to poop. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, you, you they, have they to find a balance. They don't know whether they shit or go blind, right? It's like, <laughs> so, you know, I, I invoked the devil and the devil actually showed up. Like, you know what I mean? And <laughs> lo and behold, it was in the mirror. And lo and behold, the shit hit the fan. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, Ursula Le, Guin, Ursula Le Guin said, you know, to light a candle is to cast a shadow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, if you're going to light a candle, you're going to have to acknowledge and work with the shadow that is cast by that light, you know? Mm. Well, that is our last question from oh, our no. people. So we have covered everything. Is there um, something you want to share with the temple community that... Um, is either a wisdom or it's just something you want to share with them. 
Yeah, like I, I was a little concerned about coming on because I was like, what does Adam want to talk to me about? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, one, I want, uh, personally, I'm always in, you know, looking for how people are working in the temple and, and you're bringing this, this tarot class back to us. You're all, you've done classes in goddess, um, studies and things like that. Um, you've, you know, like, what do you feel if you were, going to speak to be a mentor to the entire temple community what one thing would you pass on to them and would you think is the most important um uh, don't uh don't ever stop asking questions don't ever stop and and when i say that i mean you know questioning questioning authority figures but also questioning your like you know what i mean looking at your own experience, we, the only thing we really have to work with is our own experience and, and the, and, uh, remaining open to the possibility of other. I think that that's really crucial, especially at this particular point in time, you know, we're having, we're, we're going through a lot as a country. Um, and we're going through a lot as a species, we're going through a lot as a world in general. Um, I think that, you know, um, human beings, we have really um, shit the bed when it comes to the um, the environment. Uh, and I think that, you know, the world, I think it's really kind of amusing when people go on and on about how the world is going to end. I'm like, no, 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 the world is going to continue. The world will evolve and change. You may not be here to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, you know, you may, you may be reincarnated as the next as some kind of next living creature that inhabits this planet. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it has nothing, the world isn't going to end. I think it's, you know, we've seen like, you know, mass extinctions happen and, and it happens like, I think we're in our sixth mass extinction event and it's happening quite quickly for us. And, um, uh, I, I think that human being that we really need to remain open to the possibility to like all possibilities at this point in the game, in the game, we can't shut ourselves down to shut our, un, unless that, unless the opinion runs deeply contrary to your own experience. Um, in which case, you know, stand up and, and speak out and, and be present um, and bear witness to the process. Sometimes all you can do is bear witness to the process, which I think is the hardest, the absolute hardest lesson that I have ever, that I'm still in the process of learning. I, I don't even want to imply that I've learned this, but um, one of the, the most challenging um, things for us is, is to understand that sometimes the only thing you can do in a particular situation is bear witness. Like you were saying, like, you know, the light workers who are like, you should just get over it. Like, you know what I mean? Grief isn't a thing that you should have to deal with. And it's just like, that's not helpful. You know, um, saying to a person, you know, Oh, you know, this too will change or, you know, uh, you know, I, Christopher and I had a conversation recently and I said to him, you know, time heals all wounds. It's the scars that, you know, are proof of our survival. Um, but, 
when we're going through it, when somebody you love is going through it, when the world is going through it, sometimes what we are being called to do right now is simply to bear witness to the process um, and to, you know, recognize when and where we can step in and do something about it. And when we need to step back and say, this is not like, this isn't something that I'm going to be able to do. Um, but, um, but that process of, of bearing witness that, um, in the late eighties, early nineties, I did quite a bit of AIDS hospice work in, um, Boston. And I was, you know, young. I was in my late teens, early 20s. I was just coming out and I was, you know, involved. I was trying to become more involved in the gay community and the big thing in the gay community at the time. There was a lot of gay youth stuff that was happening, but there was also a lot of um, HIV and AIDS activism that was happening. And I I went to ACT UP meetings and I, I wasn't comfortable being, you know, I don't have a problem marching, um, but I, but I, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna scream and shout and, you know, throw, you know, blood, you know, pig blood on people. It's not my, not my character, um, unless you've really pissed me off. <laughs> uh, so I got involved with um, the hospice work in Boston, and a lot of the 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 biggest part was just being present for somebody who was in that who was in the process of dying and it taught me an enormous amount about um about our um about what it means to be a human being about what it means to be uh oh and and to be witch as well you know what i mean mm -hmm. because you brought you know that you bring that with you and it 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 informs you and it changes you um so don't be don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to um, step outside of your comfort zone, and and um, because it's in those places of uncomfortability that you learn your own power. You learn your own strength. You learn your own. Um, you also learn your limitations. You you know you're like oh well this is really something that's for me you know and and you and you own it and you acknowledge it and you set that boundary for yourself and you set that boundary for other people and, and you keep it with a healthy and compassionate mentality. And, you know, if people can't respect it, then, you know, you got to clap back. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I've said this to people of, you know, all of all growth is right outside your comfort zone. It's like right in your comfort zone and you, it's like you have to get past that to to have growth and um i also you know uh, because i work with a lot of students <laughs> mm -hmm. i always have to be like okay you don't feel like you've made it that's okay do you feel like you're coming up against a limit or is this something that you haven't mastered yet correct yeah and you know if the hard part is getting them to look at it and go, oh, that's not a limit. That's just where I'm at right now. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's, there's, once you've decided that that's your limit, it's going to be a lot harder to get past it. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. We all have what I refer to as event horizons. You know, we have that thing that we believe we're pop, we're capable of and the thing that we think we're not capable of. And then mm. that's one of the great things about the tarot is the tarot doesn't acknowledge or recognize your event horizon. It says, 
You know what I mean? This is where you are and this is where you've been and this is how you got here. And this is where you're going. Do you like it? Because if you don't like it, this is your opportunity to change it. And this is the lesson you're supposed to be learning in this whole process. There's nothing, you know, people who go to, and and I don't belittle it, um, you know, people who go to psychics because they want to know what's going to happen. And and I, the very first thing that when I sit down with a client, the very first thing I say to them is, you know, I am not a psychic. I'm not here to tell you what's going to happen. I'm here to give you insight so that you can make better choices for yourself. But if you think I'm going to give you the answers so that you can absolve yourself of any responsibility or guilt that you feel about what you're about to do, this is not what I'm here for. So, so like, let's just, let's, we can give you your refund right here, right now, <laughs> yeah. because that's not what I'm here for. And, and, and some people are like, okay, no, 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 that's not what I want. That's not what I want. I'm like, okay. And then we go through the reading at the end, at the end of the reading, they go, well, what should I do? <laughs> like what part of the, you know, there was that whole thing at the very beginning, you know, <laughs> yeah. what part didn't you get, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that's one of those, that's one of those places where people are like, Oh, you know, Christopher is just, you know, th that level of honesty. I'm just like, I, I, I'm going to be, I'm upfront with you. Like, I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating this shit. You know, Christopher at one point in time was sending me clients that weren't listening to him. And he would say, you know, I, I think you should go see my friend Chris. And he would give them like, you know, my card and send them to see me in Boston. And and I'd be, and they would show up and they would say, Chris sent me, Christopher sent me. And I'd be like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you'd sit down and if I, you know, there were, there were times in my career where I was like, if you aren't crying during my tarot reading, I am not doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I, I have a trouble um, because some people will come to me for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I forget that people come for entertainment because I don't use the tarot for that. Right. You know, um, that's like Instagram for me, you know, yeah. like if you're, yeah. if you're hiring me to do a party, then, yeah, you know, like, then I know I, that that's entertainment. But if you're yeah. calling me and booking an appointment with me, then I'm assuming that you're looking for some guidance here. And, yeah. you know, my, my job is to give you guidance. My, my job is to give you insight so that you can make those choices for yourself. It's yeah. not to take that responsibility or absolve you of the guilt for what you know that you're about to do, you know. Yeah. I've had people come to me, well, you know, I know that he's married. And, oh, God, and, yes, I hate those ones. <laughs> I know that he's married. And I was just like, okay, well, how would you feel if, you know, you knew that the guy you were married to was screwing around with the, you know, co-worker? Well, mm -hmm. I'd be really angry. Well, you don't think that, you know, his current partner is angry or her current partner is angry? You know, yeah. well, I just want to make sure that it's okay for me to do it. What makes you think it's okay for you to do it? <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy. Yes. It, it is a fascinating uh thing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know because when I read it is it is I, I'll tell them, you know, psychic things happen to me. So I may right. give you some some information from my guides that they're giving me, but you know, my my personal pet peeve for uh readings is when they come and they have no questions about their life oh yeah i'm just i'm, I'm like just so what are you doing here <laughs> like, Thanks, was, yeah. yeah i'm like what are you doing here you already know like right you're you a full no cup questions. of tea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right um but i read them anyway just yeah. to see what happens and 
sometimes they walk away very surprised at what I picked up and told them about their lives. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. That's reading for you. Well, Chris, it has been a pleasure as always. And I'm sure our listeners have gotten hopefully a lot out of this podcast. Um, But I'm going to bring us into our, you know, devocation of the space. We thank the great spirit and the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the great goddess and God who move through us and work with us. May we recognize your presence in our lives. Blessed be. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be, everyone. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.